When do we get the Japanese everything everywhere all at once? <laughs> oh, there's going to be a Japanese version? Uh, it'll be, it's called anime. Korea's um. had <laughs> had its moment. Yeah. It is called anime. China's had its moment. Uh-huh. What, when, when's the Japanese time? Did, 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 Jap- oh, did Japan miss saying. it because they're, all, they're not a novelty? It isn't like Hollywood goes, oh, Korean people can make movies? Uh, right. Yeah, they've been making them for a while, but okay. Right, right, it right. It isn't like, oh, yeah, that's right. China's pretty cool. Also important because they're a huge market. Yes, Has Japan been like, oh, yeah, I guess you've been here the whole time? Because they have. They've already been here. They have been here the whole time. And they're already making movies that are based on Japanese movies. And they're like, um, I don't know, Bruce Willis in Last Man Standing, which is uh, Yojimbo. But bad example. Yeah. I mean, like, Drive My Car was nominated, right? But are you saying, like, there there has For to be... For international film. Ah, I see. Um... Was it or was, was it a best picture, was it? I thought it was i mean there's you can nominate 10 films now so all right i thought it was so they're gonna get in the door because it's because it's 10 films no i don't want to say that i mean i love japanese films so i don't want to say that at all when Um, are you gonna get the movie that is uh got a little uh edge to it but it is you know essentially not defining you know, all of Japanese people of course not. Uh, being, you know, a thing for a movement or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's going to give us that that flair. We go, oh, Parasite. Oh, it's, it's, it economic right. inequality in Korea. Oh, oh uh, everything everywhere all together is Chinese uh, identity, you know, in, in, yeah. in America. What's the Japanese one? Because in the 80s. Yeah. It was all oh, Japanese, Japanese buying everything, man. buying this, yep. buying that. They're going to take over the world. They're going to be the new superpower. What are we going to do? Burst their bubble. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, I know. Um, that's really... I, Maybe um, when they finally oh, oh, get oh, that oh, death oh, note. Oh, oh, oh remake, I've got right. an idea. I've got an idea. Japan, it seems so modern on the outside. But when you go take a look at it, you realize that it, they're still doing a lot of things. Like They haven't modernized as much as they appear to have. Like, they've got all these technologies. I think that was Karate Kid 3. I think they did that okay. in Karate Kid 3. Well, whatever. Uh, but there, there's still, like, a lot of bureaucracy. Um, you know, sexism is, is really bad. I know we're supposed bad. to relax because it's shore leave, but I have I, I to know. fix my mic. <laughs> oh, no. Continue. Okay. Uh, so there's, you know, there's all these, these need things new equipment. that are um, not so shiny robot you know and you know what i'll take a shiny robot i don't care i just don't want like big hero six. Oh, the, the hero is uh, the hero wasn't he yeah okay neil neil stevenson did that 35 years ago mm-hmm. uh but it's like but yeah but it's totally an american like production you know what are we gonna get like well, to be fair, everything, everywhere, all at once. I mean, a lot of the folks behind the scene were like Chinese American, but it's also an American production too. Right. It's a Chinese American production. Right. When are we going to get a Japanese American production? 
I don't know. Oh, my. <laughs> George would, Takei is going to pay for, uh, you know, turn allegiance into a film or something like that. People are like, oh, yeah. We... See, because here's the thing. I don't think we're ready to really deal with what we did to the Japanese people. <laughs> and it was 70 years ago well, or more. Uh, still doing it. Maybe uh, we could turn George Takei's comic about his experience um, during World War II in America they, into a uh, They a called movie. us enemy. Yes. Where's my George Takei? I, I don't know. Where is it? Did you put it in a box somewhere when we uh, were moving the studio and you haven't unpacked it yet? I, uh, uh, phaser's on full. I don't, it's, it's you just bad. sound like generic old man. I know. You, you're George. You're, Thank you for being honest about that. Usually dis- you would go, oh, it's great. It's you're, not great. It's terrible. You're distracted by your, the the microphone. I'm playing with the microphone. So I know. I am. You you can't pull out your best to K right I mean, now. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, oh my. I'm not gonna work on it on mic. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's our short leave show. Yeah. Uh, we're just gonna take it easy. Yes. Only I'm gonna take my leisure by fixing this mic and I'm almost done. Okay. Do you want to tell people what happens on Shore Leave? Uh, yeah. On Shore Leave, we talk about uh, different things that are going on in Japan, Japanese culture, things that we want to talk about. Uh, maybe not something that would totally fit into a Kira Kira Miru or something we haven't gotten to yet. Basically, whatever the heck we feel like. Yeah. Because it's Shore Leave. Yeah. Yeah. It can't all be Sailor Moon. No. No, we can't. And uh, you know, it's uh it's our, our chance to sit back a little bit, sip a little Mai Tai. Um what? Okay, don't oversell it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh <laughs> cocktail flavored coffee. I don't know if I like that. Oh, I would mean it be warm though? Okay, how about this? Irish Irish coffee. Cocktails, that's true. Maybe every coffee can be an Irish coffee. Yeah. Glug, glug, uh, glug, glug, glug. Kahlua. What right? if you came in in the morning and you, maybe not in the morning, uh, in the <laughs> afternoon and you could go and there was a pina colada machine. It was like a virgin pina colada machine and it's got, but it's got caffeine in it. So you're like 2.30, you're like, oh That'd boy, be dangerous. I got the 2.30 blues or whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> and so you get a little frozen daiquiri. No, there's no booze in it, but it's got a little, little pick you up. That would be um, very popular, I think. People would probably, bosses would probably think, oh, they're going to keep some booze in their desk to add to it, you know, or something but, like but that. But ding, ding, I could do that to my coffee right now. I know. I know. So, yeah. Mmm. Mm, Just delicious. like the Irish do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk Aww. about what we're going to talk about uh, in a little bit. Uh, yes. But first, I wanted to bring up a kind of sensitive subject. Mm. And that is reviews. Yes. I don't like talking about my reviews. It's kind of personal. (laughs) We have some reviews that I wanted to call out. And I wanted to call them out special because these are reviews that we missed. Yeah. I'm always looking specifically on iTunes for reviews. I do that probably once a week. Um, And I know that not all of our listeners, maybe a majority of our listeners, aren't actually iTunes users. That don't feel bad. I am not either. I don't expect people to listen to it on iTunes, but it is kind of the uh, main marketplace for podcasts. If you do listen, you know, we ask that you do your best to just give us a a rating and a review. So I'm always watching that. And we have, uh, we've announced a couple, we've got a couple new ones just this year. 
But then for some random reason, I was on the internet and there's really? an app, iTunes, yeah, <laughs> and there is, uh, don't be flippant, I'm talking reviews. <laughs> okay, and, sorry. Uh, and there, but there's also like podcast.apple.com, which is the web version of iTunes. Now, I would ask you, why would these be different? I don't understand this. I don't, you explained this before. I don't and know it, either. It just makes me, my head want to Well, I didn't explain explode. it because I don't understand it. But okay. If you go on the app, we have uh, 30 reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're at five stars. Okay. Uh, nice. If you go to podcastapple.com and then uh, it's not exactly Sailor Room, it's just whatever our, you know, the number that has been assigned to us, 24601, oh, okay. is we've got four reviews. Okay. And th- and they are reviews. It isn't just like ratings. Like we are f- also five stars. And th- and there's two reviews that t- totally passed me by. I only found it because I was randomly on. So they are, there is a segregation. They, they are, they are interred. Oh my goodness. Like George Decay. Stop it. On the internet. Stop it. <laughs> Sorry, George. So why, why oh, are, did, are, are two of the reviews ones we that are the the same they and then us enemy. No, I don't know. I gotta I gotta work on it off off mic. <laughs> so I wanted to share those reviews so they didn't get left behind. Yeah. Uh and one of them is from user Nikki Shave. And this was uh we didn't miss this by too much. It was on February twenty fifth. Okay. And the review says five stars. Best Sailor Moon podcast. I discovered the show in a Sailor Moon fan group and thank God I did. It has been so much fun rediscovering my favorite series. Uh, favor with you. So interesting. Uh, across the pond. Favorite series with the Sailor Noob team. I'm a lifelong fan, but my love has been reignited. It is so fun hearing Cal's theories and thoughts, as well as Beacon Hana's fun facts that they tie into the topics. I feel like I've learned so much about both Sailor Moon and Japanese culture. I love their newer edition of the Shore Leaf episodes as well. Well, ahoy there, matey. I will say that they need... Well, now here it comes. Uh-oh. You had your fun. Now comes the uh, call to the carpet. I will say they need to pay more respect to the absolute masterpiece that is the D- uh, Deke Cloverway dub soundtrack. Oh, okay. Much love. Keep up the great work, Team Sailor Noob. Now, okay. I do love the Deke soundtrack. I had it uh, as a youngin. And listen to it a lot. And Loving the show by daylight, hating that we don't like the soundtrack by moonlight. Um, I mean, I like okay, never I, running the, from a chance to tell us, hey, respect it. the The theme song is tight. Okay, the I don't the English theme song. <laughs> it's I great. don't want to lose Nikki Shave as a listener, but I don't respect songs that. They have to cram words in order <laughs> to fit the meter. It, I love it's it. It's awkward. And Rainy Day, I, it's not, you know what, Rainy though? Day Man is great, too. Amy Man is great? Rain, I agree. Rainy Day Man. That's, oh, Rainy Day Man, right. Yeah, right, right. that's um, Alita song. But I understand that it's not, you know, it, it, to each their own. Mm-hmm. And it's the sort of earnestness that it doesn't have to be perfect. It's very earnest. Yeah, you it know? is just an anthem of empowerment and it's exciting and it comes comes on you're like yeah i'm ready to ready to do this let's watch it so i get it yeah i get it yeah i just come from a different time which is i discovered this show about three 
three, four years ago. So. <laughs> uh, and the Japanese version. But, you know, I understand. And uh, yes, we uh, we got the message. We're going to pay more respect uh, for sure. Although Cloverway, I don't know. Uh, thanks, <laughs> Nikki <right> Shave. <laughs> thanks for your kind words yeah, and your review. You. And here's another one. This one, not so much. Uh oh. Uh, here's a review from December 29th. 2021. Oh, so you're saying too long ago. Not so much uh, on our part. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this one's by Blueberry Bear. Five stars. I'm going to cry. It's so good. Oh. I love this. I spent an hour looking for an anime podcast without swears. I love this. Well, thank you, Blueberry Bear. We love you too. Yeah, thank so you. So much. Whoa. And... Uh, <laughs> Nobody's ever loved a uh, fan as much as we love you. We love you, man. Uh, yeah. Hey, look, we're certified. And if you go on uh, Sailor Noob, the app, and maybe on the website too, I'm not checking it. Uh, it says clean lyrics. Yeah. In that same style of, you know, the... Oh, extreme lyrics or uh, explicit lyrics. Oh, yes. The white and yes. black sticker. Oh, I know that sticker. That's designed specifically to terrorize a parent Parents? in 1987. Yeah. 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 It says clean lyrics. So if you didn't look too closely, you'd be like, who's running this Sailor Noob? Uh, Lenny Bruce? Who, who, <laughs> whose podcast is this? The potty mouth's on this thing. Oh, my goodness. But no, no, we, we keep it clean. Yeah. My my dad was a cool parent and like in the, okay, he's like here you go. In this respect, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Like this is for you. I I when I like was like oh I want this album like it was on my wish list or whatever or you know we were at the store and I was like I, I can I get this I want this and he's like you get the explicit version that's fine and I'm like <laughs> I was like cool thanks dad what a life. What a world. I know. <laughs> my family was a little different. Just a little. And my sister and I sort of conspired with each other to get our hands on things that we shouldn't have had our hands on okay. in our household. And I remember one time, and this is, we are basically adults at this point. I think I was in late high school, maybe college. <sighs> yeah. My sister was, um, I think, in junior high. And she had the new Smashing Pumpkins album Ava Adore, mm -hmm. which was really, uh, Jimmy was in rehab, uh, so they had a drum machine, and it was really like the apotheosis of, we're weird. Uh, yeah. Don't get over it. You'll never get over it. Uh, I'm a vampire. And so <laughs> it was a big gatefold CD case, uh, and it had all these different pictures, and then it had a little booklet for the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I asked my sister if I could borrow it. She's like, yeah, just you know, just, you know keep it on the deal. So here you go. And so I listened to it. It was great. Got it on my CD player. Don't need the case. I've got the CD, right? Yeah. Left the case out. We were all sitting down for dinner one time. Everybody sits down. My dad comes out and he's like, I'd like to read something that I found in my house today. And he opens it up and he says, you're the one that I adore. You'll always be my whore. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> and my sister just looks over at me like, thanks, asshole. <laughs> Thanks. This is because of you. But I didn't know I should have come to the Mikanhana house and I could have been listening to uh, whatever all, I wanted to. All kinds of swears. Jackal with a Y. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Um, 
I don't know. Like, what did I get with explicit lyrics? Now I'm trying to remember. Um, does garbage have explicit lyrics? Probably at some point. Yeah, not really. Not really. Um, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. I actually never had that album. Oh, well, you ought to know. It's pretty good. <laughs> I know. All right. Kill it right there. Oh, my God. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you want to talk about this week? Well, um, we are going to shift gears from something fun into something not fun. Oh, can we make it fun? <laughs> Um, I'll do my best. I I don't know if we really can. It's going to be a challenge. So on um, Monday, March 6th, it was announced that uh, Korean companies would compensate Korean people who worked forced labor under Japan's wartime control of Korea from 1910 to 1945. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> it's not... It's just an okay. Sorry, it's, you can't really make this fun. Um, you can try. Um, Korea is looking to basically end the antagonism that has undermined. Well, it's been going on. They're they're trying to end the current antagonism that has kind of been going on um, underneath. The U.S. is trying to lead efforts to kind of make um, like kind of the rest of Asia like a united front, and the U.S. as well too, but like. Um, especially um, with uh, North Korea um, kind of becoming more of a geopolitical threat and and as well as against uh, uh, China as well, who's kind of, um, you know, pushing their weight around as they like to do. Um, but I think most folks know this, but I'm going to talk about it just a little bit just in case you've, I don't know, been in a cave or entire life or just missed this part of history class or what have you but um relationship between japan and korea is complicated um but you know it, it was it became even more so between these years right um and uh after japan won the russo-japanese war uh, the Japan-Korea Treaty of 1905 was uh it was agreed that korea would become a colony of japan and uh, then Japanese officials, like, increasingly controlled the uh, national government but didn't have a lot of local presence. So, uh, you know, Koreans were not happy about this, but it was like, well, it's not affecting our daily lives so much. Um, but it because they weren't uh, – they didn't have as big of a presence uh, locally – uh, it kind of allowed uh, anti-Japanese activism by Korean nationalists to grow. Um, and um, basically between 1910 and 1945, um, uh, more than 100,000 Koreans served in the Imperial Japanese Army. Um, and of course, this was not voluntary. Um, and approximately 200,000 Korean children predominantly between the ages of 12 and 17, were um, forcibly sent to be comfort women at the war uh, front lines to serve the Imperial Japanese Army as sex slaves. Um, and the issue regarding comfort women has been a huge source of diplomatic tensions between Japan and Korea for decades. Uh, around 150,000 Koreans were also forced to work in factories and mines in Japan in the war due to Japan's colonization of Korea. Uh, and when I first 
heard about this. I just thought it was gross, right? Like, I just was really appalled. Like, like Japan should be paying reparations to Korea. It shouldn't, you know, Korea shouldn't be paying reparations to themselves, essentially. Um, and uh, <laughs> President Joe Biden... Uh, who, you know, his administration has been pressuring uh, Japan and Korea to uh, make peace with each other, called the announcement, quote, groundbreaking. Hmm. And I do feel like it is groundbreaking, but not in a good way. It is just awful. Um, but like, so under this plan, uh, South Korean companies who benefited from a 1965 post-war treaty will um, pay donations to um, to those who worked in as forced labor or the families of those who worked as forced labor. Uh, Japanese companies will not be expected to make payments, but are welcome to donate. Oh, great. Yeah, you are welcome. I'm not happy about this. Leave uh, a, a yen, take a yen. Yeah, right. Yeah, chip in. And of course, J Japan is very supportive of this, because of course they are. And yeah. uh, relations between uh, the two countries got worse in 2018 when South Korea's Supreme Court ordered Japanese companies to pay reparations to former forced laborers. Uh, 15 South Koreans uh, won such cases but none of them have been compensated. And as of today, only three of the plaintiffs are still alive. Because you have to remember, we're talking about World War II and before that. So yeah. um, a lot of these people are there very elderly. fish oil in the world to keep you alive. Uh, no. To see Jap Japan pay you back. Um, I, I know, right? And yeah. they're just, they refuse, the companies refuse to do it. You know, they're, this is all complicated stuff it's incredibly we are neither historians nor no. diplomats nor even uh, economic experts but um south korea is um has experienced um rapid economic growth you know similar yeah. to um the buburugeki in japan and it's theorized that they are now sort of leaving their buburugeki and going mm. into their own sort of depression okay um and obviously, we do a lot of business with Japan. We also do business with South Korea, maybe not as much business as with Japan still. And so, you know, how many Korean cars are out there? Yeah. There are some, yeah. but not as many as Japanese cars. Hyundai. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, um, guess who side we, we Joe Biden took? <laughs> yeah, that's not side. surprising to me. It would be really easy for our government, our uh -huh. supposedly... Liberal Democratic government. Oh, liberal, like the Liberal Democratic Party in Japan. Yeah. Which is neither liberal nor democratic. Yeah. Discuss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> has decided that, that they're going to sign off on that. And it's ridiculous. I mean, you could, you could sign off on it because you don't want to piss off the makers of Toyota cars or whatever and go, you know, we're not happy about this, but at least it's been resolved. But instead, they're just like, rubber stamp. This is unprecedented. This is amazing. Groundbreaking. It is amazing. Yes. It is amazing that you're having the country pay its own victims. I know. When they were victimized by another country. I know. It is absolutely I'm, ridiculous. I am amazed by that. Yeah. I, I'm, it, I'm so, I'm so upset by this. Um, 
Mitsubishi and Nippon Steel were among the companies who were um, ordered by the South Korean Supreme Court to pay reparations in 2018. Uh, and they wouldn't comment on this new plan, uh, but uh, both referring to previous statements that the issue of wartime compensation was previously dealt with in, with the 1965 treaty. Uh, the treaty included reparations package of about 800 million in grants and small loans. And uh, so basically Japan is saying that all these claims, uh, you know, relating to uh, this period between 1910 and 1945 uh, and South Korea, they're, they're, they're done. Their ledger is clean. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course, South Korea doesn't agree with that. Uh, completely understandable. And shockingly, I am just absolutely shocked by this. This new plan for South Korea to pay its own victims back has sparked protests and demonstrations in South Korea. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, South Korea's main opposition Democratic Party leader, uh, Lee uh, Jae-myung, I hope I'm pronouncing that name right, I'm probably not, um, called the deal, quote, the biggest humiliation and stain on in diplomatic history, which I don't know if that's, I mean, I, I it's up there. It's definitely up there. Uh, Neville Chamberlain is in the chat. Uh, <laughs> okay. But I suppose that's all part of the same uh, argument. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is it is pretty shameful. And, you know, it's it's always going to get... <laughs> you ever go out to lunch with a friend and they go, oh, Ben, will you later? Uh, then a week goes by. And they don't. Yeah, get there's back to you. more distance between uh, the Earth and the Moon than uh, you getting that money back, right? Mm -hmm. And so now we're talking about people who were victimized and disadvantaged by a system uh, that yeah. is not even made up of the people that did that, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what's their responsibility? What do they owe? You know, recently wasn't it California passed a bill saying, yeah, we should give reparations to african-americans um which is great and all yeah but the amount they came up with was like five million dollars or something and that is not and how do you determine enough. yeah five million for however many people right. i guess are in california how do you determine how much it should be some uh, economists were saying uh, it should be upwards of 800 billion dollars probably and so california can't pay 800 billion dollars and you know i we talk about things like, um, you know, systemic discrimination and and uh, and uh, disadvantage, and you know, I agree that it's a little rough to just ask. I mean, <laughs> five million is way too small, but you can pay it that. Is. It's yeah. too much to ask California to pay eight hundred billion dollars. How do you dispense it? Do you know what I mean? Uh, who gets it? Um, it's just not. It's like states aren't designed to execute solutions like that. No, you're right. And by states, I mean the, the concept of a state, not like American states necessarily. Right. Um, but here's something. Uh, how about some effing programs? How about some mm -hmm. effing college funds? Yeah. How about canceling student debts? There are things that you can do. Writing an $800 billion check, that's pretty big. Yeah. But what about just spending thing, money that you would already spend on things that will actually help people yeah. and will 
help right some of the wrongs, some of the st- systemic wrongs. You can't go back in right, time right, right. and shoot John Wilkes Booth before he shoots <laughs> Abraham no. Lincoln. But you can now create opportunities for people uh, who have been historically disadvantaged by this. Yeah, right. Um, it, you know, it's like when we got like our COVID checks or whatever. It's all well and good, but there's no way that like 600 bucks or whatever it is can compensate for the year, two years of work that I've lost, mm-hmm. of opportunities that I've lost out on. And let's just make it personal for me. Like, you know, we didn't get to go to any of the events that we yep. were going to go to where we make connections and we sell stuff and we make money. And so that doesn't compensate me at all. Right. And I'm a very small business owner. Yeah. And so that doesn't even count just like the families who their kids are in school and they have to spend money to take care of the kids and feed them and do all this stuff. And so there's just no, like, I see both sides of this, but asking the victimized to clean up, you know, after (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to wreck your house and you're going to clean it up. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to pay for it. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's just unreasonable. It's, it's it's just, it's very unreasonable. And the thing, it, this bothers me on so many levels just because, um, I mean, first of all, it doesn't hold Japan accountable for what they did. I know it was a long time ago-ish, and I do say ish, but it but was there's horrible. there's like people alive who... Yeah, there are people... You're right. There are people alive yeah. who experienced this. Oh, my. And, right. And, you know, I know that, like... One reason why South Korea did this besides, oh, we're a united front in Asia is like they want to have better relations with Japan. And they knew that, look, Japan, I love you. I love you so much from the bottom of my heart. But they knew that Japan would never pay reparations and never apologize. Not really anyways. They haven't significantly done that. They haven't. And so the way that South Korea is going to attempt to mend this relationship is saying, I'm sorry, even though they were the one who was victimized. And they're going to make the, you know, they're going to mend the fence. Um, so it's it's really aggravating. And, you know, there are a lot of... Um, uh, political leaders in Japan and I would say there there are other folks in Japan too who you know like to pretend that all these atrocities in Korea didn't even happen you know and a lot of these horrible things that they did in World War II didn't happen and you know like um don't want them to be taught in schools and stuff like that and it's just it's really rough you know and you know it just it doesn't hold japan accountable at all yeah it's funny because you have to wonder how this would have played out in an earlier time period um yeah you know after after world war one i'm sure that there were you know there were atrocities there were um you know, things of that course, happened. I'm sure there were. And they, were, they didn't tell the story of it. And they were like, let's just forget about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still fighting over the uh, genocide, you know, that happened in Turkey. Yep. Uh, which was not a genocide. 
according to Turkey. And okay. so uh, the Armenian genocide. Right. It, it was a genocide. Right, but right. But not according to some leaders. Right. Well, yeah. Um, I understand what you're saying. And so they're just like, now that we live in a time when, you know, you can watch the Ukrainian war on YouTube, yeah, more or less. Yeah. Um, it's becoming tougher to do that. And a boo-hoo. I'm just saying, objectively, it's becoming tougher yeah, to know. cover this I stuff know. up. Um, but it just, but the people that are running these, some of the people that are running these things were, you know, remember these wars. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, Shadabe was no spring chicken. No. And no. so uh, I think they're just going by the same playbook. And I, I don't know. And they're always, you know, government leader is always going to government leader and try to cover things up. And so I don't know what the new playbook is. Just pretend like it was a good thing, you know, uh, try to recontextualize it. You're seeing this a lot. And, you know, we're supposed to be relaxing on a beach with my ties. I know. I'm sorry. Political. But you're seeing this a lot with uh, with the right in America where it's like, oh, we've got our gay now. So he can sign off on right. uh, our, our gay policy, our, our uh, gay bashing policies. You know, there's a lady that just oh has <laughs> just been called out recently for saying that she uh, is a Jew. Is, is a Jew. She's Jewish. Uh, she's not. What? Uh, she's not Jewish. Uh, she's like, my, well, my dad was uh, was a Messianic Jew. And it's like, first of all, any Jew will tell you <laughs> that is not Jewish. <laughs> Uh, Jews for Jesus. Uh, no, not, not the not the same thing. Not up in here. No. But uh, and then also like she's oh I'm Hispanic but like on her last like every voting every census and uh, voting application up to now she was white but like now that she's a congresswoman like oh I'm Hispanic. What is going on with the right that there are these they politicians need, they, who think they can do this? Because this is need, not the first. They need to launder their of. policies, like putting kids in cages and uh, and you know outlawing trans people. They have to launder this, and so that's that's the new thing. Instead of just pretending, you can't pretend that trans people don't exist anymore. They've got TV shows on Bravo, right? But you can continue to immiserate them, and then try to get you know perceived members of their community to sign off on it and so that's that's what it is that's terrible i i you know sometimes you you talk about the world it just makes me so depressed um i got one other thing i want to say real quick okay um i know there's just a lot of bad blood between japan and korea and it goes further back than um you know right before world war ii and during i i'm pretty sure um, actually, I know it does, but um, for whatever reason, and like for a while, you know, a lot of stuff came from mainland Asia, from Korea to Japan. I mean, sometimes by way of China, Korea, Japan, but sometimes, you know, directly from Korea. And like, I mean, I know China, you know, China is very ancient. It's very big, but there's way more respect even though there has been some disrespect in the past too, but there is way more respect overall with the the relationship between China and Japan than there ever has been with Korea and Japan. And I don't completely understand why that is. I know from what I've read, um, you know, Japan had just won the Russo-Japanese War, which that was a big deal, them beating Russia 
And then like they're just throwing their weight around. So they're like, oh, we can take Korea. We can do that. You know, so I don't know. Yeah. It's depressing. Well, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. No, it's not. It's continuing. So uh, y- Japan making a sincere imp- apology, like you were saying, like creating programs, you know, a, a, a something bigger than what they've done before would be a big step forward. And the so. thing is, it doesn't hurt. Maybe it does in East Asian culture. I don't know. But it doesn't hurt to apologize. You can apologize all day long. Right. You don't want to pay any money because you don't care. Uh, you're the government. Uh, right, 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 right. So why not just you know, do a very deep bow and then call it good, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but instead they're like completely refusing to yeah. accept blame, apologize, really do anything. And then you've still got this going on. Um, I read a story about the Statue of Peace. I don't know if you heard about this. I don't know if I have. The Statue of Peace is a statue in Busan. Okay. Um, uh, Korea. Yeah, South great. Korea. And it is a statue of a, uh, a a young girl, basically a young woman, um, and it's supposed to represent um, like a comfort woman. Okay. And she's sitting in a chair, and there's all these like there's all these things that are symbolic that I don't really get because I'm I'm not from that culture. But you can see an article that will explain it to you. Okay. And this was erected in like 2011, and it's like been a huge controversy there's been protest uh, uh like a civil group you know um to put it up and there's been controversies and protests around it and it's like sunk a couple trade deals between the two countries because even now the japanese can't even go they can't even go well that was my dad <laughs> like i'm different right right <laughs> right right case, it was his dad right uh <laughs> they can't even do that like they still have to be like nope nope not not me yeah. wasn't, wasn't us yeah it wasn't me well, and it's, I mean, I get, like, a statue, having a statue for peace, that's great, but, like, uh, I don't know. It's rough, right? Like, I don't I don't want to forget about the comfort woman. I do not want to do that, but it's rough having a statue for peace that represents a comfort woman because that's always going to stir things, a lot of emotions up, right? It's about truth and reconciliation. Well, okay. Right. Got okay, it. Okay, we know whose side you're on. Interesting. No! <laughs> that is not true Here's at all. Here's something that will bring no peace, no peace in our time to anyone. Live action anime adaptations. Mm. Specifically those in the West, in Hollywood. Why are they so bad? <laughs> they're all bad and to be honest and i won't go through the whole the, you know we'll, we'll limit our scope here because i haven't seen like a ton of the uh japanese uh, live action ones i know sure. that there are a lot of them that's a typical path for a comic book uh they figured that out way before us and mm-hmm. so there's plenty of live action japanese stuff i'm talking mostly about western hollywood ones right why are they so bad Recently, I watched Alita Battle Angel mm-hmm. for the, I saw it like three times in theaters. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's okay. But it's part of the problem. And I watched it uh, at home for the first time on, on Blu-ray. I have a, a Blu-ray of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this isn't that good. It's endearing. I don't think it's sure. 
terrible. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's one of those things where I like the character in the world so much that I, it kind of got me through it. Sure. But it is not good. It is not good at all. And I don't know why we can't get it right. What is it about, what's the secret sauce of anime mm. that it doesn't seem to translate well to films in the West? Although, that Blade of the Immortal, that wasn't that great. I thought uh, that was okay. Yeah, but it's like Takashi Miike, like, run with it, dude. Yeah. And it was just like, this is just like a more hardcore uh, Rurouni Kenshin uh, live action movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what's going on? James Cameron makes an Alita movie. Um, Fox Studios makes a Ghost in the Shell movie. Yeah. These things are duds. Yeah. And I don't just mean at the box office. I mean, they're just not good. I think so. I think a couple, obviously a couple of things are going on, right? I think one factor um, is trying to slavishly recreate things that were in the anime or the manga, like specific scenes and stuff like that. And like, we don't need to do that. Different mediums are different. Let's express it differently, right? Yeah, but if it is so, that's a good point, and it relates specifically to the Alita Battle Angel, not Battle Angel Alita, right? The English title of the Kito Kishiro long-running manga series, which I've read that part of the justification for switching that is not only to put the character's name, you know, their literal identity first, but also because James Cameron only is involved with movies that start with an A or a T. You pointed that Avatar, out to me. Avatar, Abyss, Aliens, Titanic. Terminator, Titanic, True Lies. So it's got to be Alita Battle Angel. But Alita <gasps> Battle Angel, the film, is much more beholden to the 90s anime mm. than it is the original source material. Got it. And the 90s anime is not doesn't go far, far afield from the 90s source material. Um, but it was made in the 90s mm-hmm. for sure. Right, right, right. The aesthetic and all that that entails. Mm-hmm. And so a movie that came out in the year 2019, I don't remember when it came out, but a movie that came out in the uh, first quarter of the 21st century is basically a 90s movie that cost $200 million with CGI yeah. and stuff. And so that's not good. Like, there's a sophistication in storytelling that we've reached in genre entertainment that this movie threw out because they wanted to have Ito have a, have a wife or something like that. Like, it's it's way more the anime than it is the uh, very deep and involving manga. Right. right. And the manga is fantastic. I've never seen the anime. But, <sighs> yeah, I think that, too, like, maybe when, like, we try to westernize some of these things. They're like, oh, this is a cartoon. It's wacky and it's out there. So we'll make these, you know, your expressions need to be big and and huge. And it's like, no. Well, Alita doesn't have that problem. Well, Alita doesn't have that problem. You're right. Everybody is way underplaying everything. Yeah. Which is too bad because uh, Mahersha Ali can really go nuts on a dude if he wants to. And yet he's, uh, half the time he's playing... Um, the character of Nova because he's being controlled uh, by Nova and Nova is literally the Joker in anime or in manga. Mm -hmm. And instead they get uh, spoiler alert, 
uh, Edward Norton to play him. And Edward Norton is like, oh, I'm Edward Norton. So it's like, what are you doing? You're taking like one of the most bombastic, like crazy, wacky characters in manga. And you're just like, oh, yes, I'm just Edward Norton. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then all the characters have to like play him when they're being possessed by him. And so they're all just like, yes, well, I'm I'm the bad guy. I'm going to win. That, that, nobody likes that. It's not interesting. No. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not dynamic enough. It's interesting because, you know, Cameron didn't direct it. Right. Because he's, you know, busy driving submarines. Yes. Uh, but he did basically write the script. And he's never really adapted anything before, has he? I don't think he really has. No, everything that we just named, they're not adaptations. Mm -hmm. So he's just kind of going off of, like I said the 90s anime and you can tell we, we know that he likes anime he said that before mm -hmm. i don't know if he's a manga reader um but he basically stole battle angel alita lock stock and barrel for his series dark angel yeah anybody remember dark angel i never saw dark angel i never really saw it either yeah, but jessica okay. alba is uh right. you know a, a mutant cyborg or something like that in a uh, cyberpunk future, she's um, got a heart of gold, but don't mess with her because she'll, she'll she'll mess you up pretty good. Right. And it's like, okay, well, it's just Battle Angel Alita. Also, you've got Angel in the title. <laughs> Dickhead. That's on purpose. Yeah. Scratch the serial numbers all the way off. Yeah, right. But I mean, like, it should work. You've got a character that is, you know, Marvel's proved. You can do comic movies. you got to do them right, though. you got to take, yeah. take the material seriously. And you've got a character that is... Um, you know, a great main character. It's got a deep lore. It's got giant robots. It's got kung fu. It's got everything you want. Yes. Now, this is what this was a big swing for. Um, I think it was Fox, wasn't it? It's was like one of Fox's last movies. I think it. Was. Yes, it is because it's 20th Century Fox, but then it's like 26th Century Fox. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> they did that in the beginning, and so they spent like 200 million bucks on it. But I think that. Dark Angel shows on a TV budget, you can do something comparable. So you could be as flashy as you want. You could be as circumspect as you want. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is just have a guy with robot arms that look kind of good. You don't need to take Australian rapper Ed Screen or whatever and then give him a total cyber body. He can wear a cloak. No. You could save money. Yeah, That's not the problem. Mm -hmm. The problem is in... The adaptation of the story, yes, the themes that it has, and bringing the characters to light Absolutely. in a form that we recognize, but isn't necessarily slavish to the thing. Right. Poor we... Chris, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz didn't want to do Django Unchained because a he just got done playing a Nazi, a bad guy, yep. and won an Oscar, and he didn't. He thought Quentin Tarantino is going to make me be another bad guy. I'm going to be some terrible guy. So he didn't want to do it. Quentin Tarantino said, you're like the best guy in the movie. You're like the nicest guy. You're like one of the heroes of the film. And he's like, yes, but also I don't want to just have a thing where I'm just one note and talking all the time. And he's like, you can just be yourself. It'll be the easiest role in the world. Just be warm, be you. It's a great story. And so he did it. Boom, another Oscar. Mm -hmm. Then he does Alita Battle Angel, and he's like, I am the guy that explains everything in the world to you. <laughs> I know. Alita, you must do this, you must do that. This I poor know, guy. He I doesn't know. even get like a robo face or something like that. <laughs> he's just hanging out Nothing the whole time. Nothing cool. I know. I think, so if we could talk about live action series a little bit too. Okay. Like, 
I we will in one second. Oh, okay. Because I'm going to wrap this up. Mm. I'm going to button this up. So the problem is, well, it, it actually it leads into what you want to talk about. It's it's scope, right? Not the mouthwash. <laughs> the size of it. Because what do you do? So Alita basically ended up trying to tell the first half of the manga right. in one movie and then mm-hmm. said, give us another movie and we'll see because yeah. no more Fox. So right. we'll see what happens. And so that's a problem. Um, also, there are very specific things that a manga can do, which is basically literally anything. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked before on animatification and also on Sailor Noob about how I don't know how this works. I think in like the West, you're like, how do I write a book that's exactly like every other book <laughs> that's on the stands right now? Yeah, so right. a publishing company will give me a deal uh-huh. and I can get a book out there. Whereas like mangaka are like, I'm insane. And I, <laughs> and I live I'm in a, a basement manga, so... and they're going to pay me to put my insane thoughts onto a piece of paper yeah. with some cool drawings. Yeah. And then you get like, Let's have a manga where it's just people shouting word puzzles at each other, you know? Well, let's have a manga where, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy that does Death Note is like, uh, libertarian much? Like, that guy does not like uh, criminals. No. <laughs> you know, and he wants them to die. Like, yeah. I think that Light Kagami is a mouthpiece for him. Yeah, possibly. You know, th- th- those are his views yeah. on uh, crime and punishment. Which is a little terrifying, to yeah. say the least. And the world of Hollywood will strip all of that out if it can. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, that those elements, it's James Cameron, he can kind of do what he wants. Those those elements are kind of in Alita, but Alita is a story about an underclass and about what people do and what happens when they are discarded like trash, like she's found in a trash pile in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you know, how people like that are still exceptional, the links that they will go to to get what they want and still, you know, rise above other people. That's a little libertarian, but whatever, it doesn't matter. She's got a cool uh, robot body. Right. Um, and so, like, that's barely there. Now, if you look at Ghost in the Shell, that yeah. is yeah. 100%. And again, I'm sure I'm asking, Mune is a weird guy too, but that's 100%. Yes, they're cops, mm-hmm. but they, like, know that their job sucks. And often right. they find themselves in positions where it's like, geez, like we're not the people that are supposed to deal with this. There's no good answer to this. We're just going to shoot the guys, you know, who are pointing guns at us and then hope everything works out. Yeah, right. And that series is as much about the kind of diplomatic snafus that happen between Korea and Japan than it is about right. greasy butts and uh, jump, right. jumping out of robots. Right. But you, but you would strip all of that out because mm-hmm. we just want to see greasy butts. Well, or ScarJo, you know, jump off a building and then add a subplot about how, like, I've got to find the real me. Which was Manga lame. Kusanagi does not care about that at all. No. She does not care at all about that. She's very... Until the second volume. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't care about it at all. So anyway, um, um, my review of uh, Alita Battle Angel, um, three and a half stars. Uh, Rosa Salazar is probably the best thing to come out of that. Oh yeah, I love um, Rosa Salazar. And I hope hope she's getting more work. I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, um, we'll see. What was that TV show we were watching? Ooh, with her? Brand that, new cherry flavor. Not good. It was not good. We were. I was very hopeful. I'll give it this. Early on, they were going for something. They were really going for it. 
it just didn't land it. For okay, me. let's talk about what you're kind of talking about, which yeah. is um, here's the problem with making a two, two and a half hour movie. Uh, we've got a whole TV show to adapt or we've got a yeah. whole 38 volume manga to adapt. Mm -hmm. How do we even do that? Right. Well, I just, I guess I wanted to bring up Cowboy Bebop specifically. <sighs> I think you've got some views on this. Um, I think it should be disqualified simply because it's, it's Netflix. Netflix. We're not talking about Death Note. Well, Death Note's bad too. I just, I don't feel like they got the characters. You know, that's what really bothers me about that one in particular. And I think that that is a problem with a lot of uh, these adaptations. It was so important to them to sell John Cho's Spike as a badass. Like, this guy yeah. is a badass. He used to be. Can I spoil it? You just go la la for a little bit if you don't want <laughs> Netflix don't want Cowboy Bebop spoil. The yeah. most worthless spoiler in the world it will not change your life at all <laughs> but he shot a kid uh -huh. they had to give him a backstory why did spike leave the outfit in the cartoon i don't know because he fought with vicious and uh he the life got too much for him and it doesn't really matter but it's like he was a total badass he's moving up in the organization then he accidentally i think on purpose like shoots a kid and he's like i can't live this life anymore and so he leaves so now you have to redeem a character who shot a kid over the course of yeah. 10 episodes or whatever. Right. Good luck with that. Yeah. And it never, it was just effortless. We knew that he was a cool jerk, buffoon character. In the anime, very skilled. Yeah. yeah. And we never questioned it because he's just so, he acts cool. He is lackadaisical. He is Zen. Yeah. He's both, Zen and he's just Both like... in the fact that he has studied like Zen and he meditates and stuff, but also because he has a crappy life, but generally he's very sanguine about that mm -hmm. and so we admire that whereas we also like jet because he's responsible and he's noble but he's always like he's always trying to like pay the bills and he's always harried and so that's yes. sort of endearing but spike you know <laughs> doesn't have that no and so i don't need to like see that like oh boy this guy's this guy's pretty cool this guy's pretty cool i know he, he he's gonna get to white castle don't worry about it <laughs> Well, and it's also like... And then Faye Valentine, I just, I don't know what to tell you. I think Faye Valentine unrecognizable. Is, is a victim of, <laughs> of the, the, the woke mob. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Faye Valentine, the character in the cartoon, yes. is supposed to be a deconstruction of the sort of formerly sexist tropes of noir genre media. Mm -hmm. And so... She is a character who acts and dresses a certain way. And I know it's like, oh, she breathes through her skin. Okay, Kojima-san. But I mean, like, it's, she's, there's, there's a sensitivity there that she denies because she has a past that she's, is lost to her. And so she acts out because of that. And there are, I can give you a million reasons. Yeah. But if you are a Netflix executive, you go, she can't dress like that. And she's got, she can't act like that. And so instead they just replaced it with nothing. And so I, know. I don't really like that actress, but I also, I think that she had an impossible task yeah. to take a character that was already hard to nail down, whose center has been ripped out. Right. And then just do something, I guess. So, right. And then right. that poor kid that they cast as Edward, let's not even get started on yeah, that. Yeah. One IMDb credit and that's it. So, um, so yeah, look, Cowboy Bebop should not have been a live action. No. The music, the animation style. Mm-hmm. 
and the themes that it tackles, you just can't do that in live action. Don't worry about it. You, yeah. It's never going to work. Attack on Titan. Some people like the live action. Some people don't. I feel like that that is something that you could do in live action as long as you can like sell the the, 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 the big, Titans and the yes. Giants and the flying and the spider Manning. That's right. fine. Um, they want to do Akira. They keep okay. talking about that. It gets optioned uh, for a while. Um, Jordan Peele is attached to it. I think he still is. Really? Uh, Keanu Reeves has, has wanted to do something with it for a while. Sure. Uh, again, can you divorce it from the post-war Japan environment? I don't think so. No. Would it make can't. any sense? So why? how would they even... Okay, okay, okay. Pitch it to me. How would you westernize Akira? You're at... How, how? You're saying like, how? show me the best way to cut your own arm off. And yeah, I'm like, well, right. first you take a saw. Um, I have to westernize it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 9-11 happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. We don't have I'm any. I'm sorry. We don't have anything like that. No, the you closest can't. thing is 9-11. Yeah. And that's not even 9/11 remotely was caused close. by sci- old psychic kids. <laughs> That's that's all I got for you. Right. I don't know what to tell you. Right. We don't have Bozu Zoku gangs. We don't have, uh, you know, a nuclear holocaust. We don't have a, a diet. You know, there's right. a lot of scenes in that movie of uh, guys in suits yelling at each other, a big, right. around, big round table. Right. We don't have anything like that. No. So I don't think you can. Ghost in the Shell should have been a layup. We also have black ops military teams. Yes. There's a million movies about them in the West. And they deal with like every uh, Ghost in the Shell is essentially a CBS show with cyborgs. <laughs> I think that should have been a layup. Yeah. Robotech. Mm-hmm. Robotech is technically a Western thing already because it's just a cartoon that a white guy rewrote. Yeah. So that and there is they are working on a Robotech movie. Unfortunately, I think it's the um, the long bearded uh, sad boy uh, who did the Godzilla movie. Please don't oh. criticize his movies. He'll cry. Oh no. Okay. Um, so I don't know. What what should work? Here. Listen to me here. Okay. Harem animes should work. <laughs> they should. Uh-huh. You got a guy. Uh-huh. You cast some sexy ladies. Yeah. I'm thinking of that Zemeckis film with <laughs> Steve Carell, but not that. But that was basically that. I don't know if I can... It doesn't have to be oh. overtly sexual, uh-huh. but it's a character drama. We We don't put drama and comedy together really well. I don't no. think. No. In the same way that an anime can turn on a dime like that. Yes, yes. But like that could work. A romance anime could work. That could yes, work. Yeah, romance anime could work really well. We got a ton of high school shows. Yes. What about high school animes? Yes. Uh, high school animes would be super easy. The best thing I can think of, we talked about Comic Bebop. I, there's no point in mentioning Dragon Ball Evolution. Speed Racer's an outlier. It's got its, yeah. it's, got its proponents. It's got its attractors. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow is probably the best thing I can think of. And that was a light novel. There is a manga version of it. Yeah. I mean, Edge of Tomorrow is probably the best, even remotely close um, adaptation of what we're talking about. Because they took it all seriously. Yeah. Do we really want Tom Cruise to get shot in the face this many times? Tom Cruise, for all his detractors, was like, yes, shoot me. Yes. Shoot me in the face. (laughs) Shoot me in the face a hundred times. He's like, fine, do it. Yeah. And so it worked. You just transplant it to Europe and it works. Yeah. And I think it worked really well. So here's my top five, maybe oh. maybe six. Okay. Animes that I think, if they take it seriously, 
could work. Okay. Number one, mm-hmm. serial experiments lame. Now listen, listen to me. Yes. You give this, stay with me, kind of a CW vibe. Oh my God. You're probably going to have to age lane up a little bit. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Can she still wear the bear suit? It wouldn't really make a lot of sense, but we'll make it cute. She'll wear the bear suit. Okay. And you you do it, and it, it could be cheap as hell because you don't have to... You're going to need some kind of weird CGI, but you don't have to go crazy. The only problem is, is that it's so stuck in the 90s and the 90s version view of the computers that you either have to do it as a period piece or yeah, you true. have to find some new paradigm is it like chat gpt or whatever is oh, it like God. the apps and the way that we interact with computers now but it is weird enough i'm not look i'm not saying that these would be successful uh, commercially i think mm-hmm. critically they could be successful mm-hmm. which is you know nobody cares everybody's turned off now <laughs> but you could do it in the same way it is <clears throat> strange enough and it is um character centered enough the parts that make sense that you could fill in whatever other BS that you'd want, you know? Uh, I can't even tell you what happens. I'd have to watch the series again. It's very confusing. But it's about a girl who finds the the fullest expression of herself through this technology. Yeah. And the shadowy forces that are trying to stop her or help her. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You could do that. I think you could, too. Speaking of confusing, Paranoia Agent. Oh, my goodness. Paranoia Agent is mm-hmm. perfect. Right? I don't know if I... Have I seen this? Uh, haven't you? I don't know if I have. Paranoia Agent is about... Uh, there's this kid <laughs> named Little Slugger. I don't think I've seen this. And he hits you with the bat. Okay. And it is basically just... It's like 20 different... I don't know however many episodes there are. It's like 20 different like small stories. Okay. So it's like uh, vignettes... It's like a episodic. Sure. And he, it's like the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. And the uniting factor in all these stories is this little kid named Little Slugger. Okay. Who it may or may not exist. And each one of them is attacked by Little Slugger. Uh-huh. When they get to their lowest point. Something's going on in their lives. They're all different people. Some of them are good. Some of them are craven and bad. And they're all affected in a certain way. And they, all, the stories all kind of intertwine. Okay. Yeah, that's this cool. This could be a great cable show. Sure. That kind of thing where like... Uh, yeah, it's not for everybody. It's kind of slow, but you know, like this would be an HBO show for sure. Yeah, yeah. As long as you you could a reviewer could watch the entire thing at once and then tell you definitely sit sit through the whole thing. Right. You could do it, and right. it would cost nothing because it's just regular people in clothes and sure, you know, in houses or whatever. Well, that's yeah. People slam like dunk. Slam, oh yeah, slam dunk for sure. We've already got sports movies. We've already got sports shows. Where's Slam Dunk? Great question. You got a ragtag team of people. Um, the one guy's, he's not going to be on the team, but if he's really good at basketball, so they get him on the team. I can't remember, I can't how, remember Slam Dunk how it starts. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't have a great pitch for this one. I'm just saying we've already got it. Yes. All the sports parts of Riverdale into one show, yeah. but it's funny. Slam Dunk. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Here's my next one. Yeah. Mushishi. Yeah. You do Mushishi. Uh-huh. We've got 15 seasons of Supernatural. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. It's just Japanese Mushishi, or you even westernize it. Sure. It is a calmer, uh, gentler uh, Constantine or a Twilight Zone-esque thing. Sure. We've got a central character. We learn more about him as we go. He's going off. 
He's busting ghosts. He's finding the mushishis. Yes. And you make it uh, a little weird. You can even Americanize it and it's all oh, my golden arm or, you know, whatever. The... <laughs> maybe maybe not that, but yeah. <laughs> the ghost of Johnny Appleseed or, <laughs> or whatever it is. I think it could totally work. <laughs> the ghost of John Washington's teeth. John Washington. <laughs> John Washington. You George mean, Washington. Denzel Washington's kid? <laughs> His teeth died. Why did I say John Washington? I'm going to miss my teeth. Oh, my God. Oh, here they come. <laughs> uh, here's my honorable mention, because this would be too expensive, but where's the Rose of Versailles? Oh. Uh, show? Oh, That yeah. should already be a thing. Yeah. Showtime, get on this. Uh, you know, you're already doing your Bridgertons. You're already doing, you're going to spend money on costumes 100%. and stuff. 100%. I would Give us the Rose that. of Versailles. You get a strong yep. female lead. It, you know, questions, you know, gender roles. It subverts them. You get some sword fights in there. You get the court intrigue. It would it would cost a lot of money. This is not a, uh, you know, this is not a thing that a pilot you throw out there to see what people think. You'd have to commit to this. Yeah. But we've got Game of Thrones. We've got all these shows that they it's twenty million dollars an episode. They're shooting in Prague or, you know, in Iceland or something like that. Yes. Um, but go for it. And brrr, mm. my number five pick. Yes. For a show, yeah, that would be good in live action, yeah, from a uh, anime, yeah, Himoto Umaru-chan. All right, Himoto Umaru-chan, yes, is a story about a girl named Umaru who's perfect. She's good at everything that she does. <laughs> oh wow, she's an A student and not too bad on the eyes either. <laughs> and she's so popular. And she's got a brother who's like, you don't know the real Umaru. Yes. The second we get home from school. That door closes, boom. Speaking of hoodies, she's in her bear hoodie. I know. She's got Cheeto dust all over her face. She's playing Counter-Strike until 2 a.m. And I have to cook, and I have to clean, and I have to get her to school on time. Yes. And so nobody believes him that she's such a slob. I know. But then as time goes on, people start to figure that out. The complications become greater. Mm -hmm. You know, she's got a neighbor she makes friends with, and the neighbor's like, wait a minute, she's two different people. Right. And she's lit and you could literally have her played by two different people. Or you just get one gorgeous actress and then, you know, you cut away and you cut back and she's all, you know, messed up, her hair is messy. Cheeto dust on her face. Yeah, put the Cheeto dust on her face. Yeah. That's how you do it. I think that'd be really fun. It's a fun comedy. It's you can have some kind of sexy elements or whatever, CW it a little bit, but we just don't have that. We just don't have. No. If it's teens, they got a they got a boink. Yep. And if it's comedy, it's you know, oh boy, my kids, and you're talking to the camera or something like that. Yeah, right. And so just play it a little straighter, you know, like let's have a classic comedy with funny lines mm-hmm. and just you know pull that off. Only it's yes. gonna be. Well, this uh, this girl's two different people. I I I love <laughs> that weird. idea. Yeah, and, and the big and the finale. You know, the big season ender is you know you go to the dance, but she's the wrong one. You know, she's the queen. Oh, she no. comes out in <laughs> elephant slippers. <laughs> she's gonna get people to accept her for who she is. Oh my gosh, that's my idea. But other it. than that, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. know why we can't get it right. I don't. I. I, I, I don't know. It, it's like you think it wouldn't be that hard, you know? Is it the hair? Is it having green hair? It shouldn't be. It's like, oh, well, we got to do this way over the top because that's how it's done. Yeah. Woo! Even even Alita is like, we'll give her big eyes. It's like, okay, but like she doesn't Why? have to have 
big eyes. No. This is like a an avatar choice. Yeah. Like, was he testing out technology for the next movie? Maybe. Because you can just, nobody else, well, actually, that's not true. Michelle Rodriguez is in it for like 30 seconds as her other friend, and she's got big eyes, too. But it's a weird choice. And spoiler, she's from Mars, so maybe the Martians have big eyes. There's a couple other characters that are cyborg characters that also have weird faces, but basic, even like Jackie Earl Haley, who plays the big you know, uh, robot uh, murderer in the thing has just a normal face. He's got a weird robot body and he's got right. a normal face. Right. But she's got the big eyes. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's detracting. Well, you forget a about little bit. It's like Avatar. You forget about it and you just you enjoy do. the movie. But you do. But then you think like, why did they make that? It's such a weird choice. It is a weird choice. Um, I did want to, I'm sure I've mentioned this before. I do want to mention it just really quick. Not... Not a movie or a TV show, so it's not what we're talking about exactly at all. But um, Takarazuka Review um, adapted Rose of Versailles for a stage show. Yeah. One of their most popular shows. They've done it a number of times. Um, Very, very popular. Very, very good. It can be done. That really confuses things because it's, she's a woman who acts like a guy. Yeah, and I know. she's interested in a woman that acts like a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend who, well, actually, she's not my friend, but I knew somebody who, in college, their theater company did a production of Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. and Romeo was played by a woman. She played Romeo, mm. and I was like, "Oh, it was all gender flip. That's interesting." She's like, "No, it was just, I was just Romeo." I'm like, "Is the director like like a lesbian? Is she trying to make a point of this?" Nope, it was just, it was, it was me. I was Romeo. <laughs> All right, okay. That's, uh, okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Well, okay, but in- This is an Ivy League school, too. Oh, wow. All right. Huh. Well, in like Rosa Versailles, yeah, okay, it's it's an actor, actress who usually plays the male roles, but she's playing Oscar, who is a woman. Right. And the romantic lead is an actress who is, is, is a female is po- is role. Is playing a man. No. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, it doesn't, it subverts the subversion. <laughs> okay. I get your point, like a little bit, but. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I was in the female odd couple. <laughs> <laughs> I played one of the bimbos that lived uh, upstairs from uh, Olive and. Uh, Felicia or whatever the oh, uh, you were, female you, odd couple was. You, you were a himbo? Oh, Neil Simon double dipped on the odd couple. For yeah. sure. You think so? He did the female odd couple. Oh my. I forget. That'd be like Arthur Miller going, death of a tampon salesman. <laughs> Willa. I... Willa, Logan, oh come back. Oh my gosh. We're finally free, Willa. We're finally, we're, we're finally free, Willa. <laughs> I still can't do it. It's like... Give me dance with your dates. What am I doing? I don't know. Are are you kidding? Are you kidding? Do do an oh my. Oh my! No, I can't. (laughs) You're psyching yourself out now. Sulu line that's ever been is. Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh my god! You've seen every episode of Star Trek. I know. Every film I, that I, he's I think in. of the Naked Time, and he's not talking. He's doing, you know, fencing. He goes, uh, "Hey, fair maiden." No, no, wait. That's uh, yeah. Oh yeah. 
Or actually, Futurama's probably got better <laughs> George Takei lines. It, it probably does, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. Well, wrap us up. Get us out of here. All right. Well, I think I'm. I've just about finished my mai tai now, so it's probably a good time for us <laughs> well, to wrap up the show. My uh, caffeine laden uh, Coco No No is uh, almost done too. Okay. Well, um, I almost feel like you remember on like Craig Ferguson. Like, what did we learn on the show tonight, Craig? Um, I, I do. Yeah. Um, I feel like we should talk about what we learned on our show tonight. Um, oh my god. <laughs> I think we learned that. You shouldn't pay for your own reparations and doing live action, westernizing live action anime, we can't do it. I think we should make Korea pay for live action anime adaptations. Oh my God, you combine them. And okay. Japan should apologize for uh, what, what they did. <laughs> I don't have a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have, there's okay. no joke. Yeah, no, I 100% agree uh, with that. Little Slugger should uh, hit everybody in the head. Yeah. That's what they should do. I think so. Uh, thanks for joining us on this episode. Uh, we'll be back next week with another regular episode of Sailor Noob. Uh, picking up the arc yep. of the Dead Moon Circus and continuing. And continuing. Trapped in a cage. Yeah. Like these lions. <laughs> But we'll keep doing it. In the meantime, uh, you can join us on social media if you haven't already. Uh, go to Twitter, Instagram, all those places and search for noob underscore sailor or sailor noob. We'll be there. Uh, also, um, I kind of got my mic uh, fig figured out. Uh, but if you want to help me get a new mic stand, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash sailor noob and become a patron essentially with us today. Get access to new content, uh, other podcasts, mm -hmm. and one that is... Uh, almost wrapping up. I know. We're not going to do that thing where we put it back in the in the Disney vault. It'll stay up on the Patreon. Right. We're almost done talking about the entirety of the live action adaptation, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. We didn't even mention that once. Um, amazing. Just about perfect. Yeah. But it's almost over. And we'll yeah. be starting a new uh, podcast after that uh, to be revealed shortly. So if you want to get in on all that, go to patreon.com forward slash Sailor Noob and join up today. And if that's too much for you, let's say that you're not a joiner. <laughs> but you still want to help us out, uh, get me a new mic stand, go to ko-fi.com forward slash Just Enough Trope. That's our coffee page where you can put a little something in the jar and say, I, I see you, Jake Sully. <laughs> oh my God. Or, or whatever it is. I see I see you, Alita. I know you see me. Oh, my God. There's no question about you that. you see the other side of the world yeah, with those eyes. Your big eyes. But, yeah, uh, we appreciate every little bit helps, and we're on the air because of you. So we appreciate that. KO-FI.com forward slash Just Enough Trope. I'm handing it to you. Like you're oh, you're handing it to me. Close it off, I guess. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah, that's... I, I had... There she goes. We're going to go go back in. Sorry. We're going back in. I'm sorry. I do this all the time because it's like, <laughs> it's like, brain, what do I do? It's like, oh, what do I do with my hands? Caught I'm on the spot. show pants down. I know. Um. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us again, listeners. And like Cal said, we will um be back next week yep. with another episode of Sailor Noob. Thank you.